Hey guys, it's Marsha Hoffines, and you are listening to the Storytellers Podcast, where we dig in, go deep, find ourselves, maybe cry, maybe laugh. We surrender, but we go home, and we go home big. We feel inspired. It's the story behind the cellophane. It's the story inside the truth. It's a story that most people don't want to tell, but we're here to share. Let's get started. Hey guys, happy new year, happy 2020. Um, This is one of the first pods that I'm recording in the new year, so I don't know where we are actually in terms of rolling these puppies out, but uh, close enough to the new year that I can keep saying happy new year. And whether you think we're in a new decade or not, it's none of my business. And I don't care because really that's an insignificant talking point. (laughs) So today I want to start off by reading you guys um, a little quote that I found um, on the amazing Instagram. And I, I love Instagram. I see a lot of people really blaming social media for hardship and not feeling great about themselves in life. And I think it's something that I want to take a stab at talking about one of these days is your, our relationship with stuff and how we like to blame things for our own happiness and really happiness is a choice. Yeah. So that gets it to be a tricky conversation, but we will dive in at some point and talk about that. But anyway, here's a scoop. Some people, when they hear your story contract others upon hearing your story expand And this is how you know. So I want to talk a little bit about running away from the truth, which I spent years running away from my truth, like probably way too many years running away from my truth because I so wanted people to like me. It's a big part of my trauma in my life. And I... I never understood where it came from and I had some big epiphanies about where it did come from. And one of the things was my dad and I just recently lost my father September. Actually he passed away right before my birthday. And that's another conversation that I'm going to have with you guys about his death. I don't think I've actually processed it enough to go there yet so that just started getting me all choked up and god bless my dad okay so that's not where I was going with all this however what I realized was one of the reasons why I started running away from this idea of my story was because of my dad and my life played out in front of everybody growing up. Everyone saw everything. And, you know, if people pretend like they didn't see it, then that was so that they could protect themselves. But, you know, from things like when I was young, like kindergarten, my brother, my sister, and I, and my brother and sister oh, four or five years older than me, six years older than me. I have lost track, lost count. So we grew up in a rural-ish, pretty rural area outside of Syracuse, New York. And we would get a ton of snow. Like you guys know, lake effect snow, 
off of the Great Lakes, off of the Finger Lakes, just pummeled with snow. And you can just see me, little Marsha, I had this cute little pixie cut. I'd have my hat on, my mittens on, my little snow jacket. And the snow basically was taller than me, right? And we would walk. That was back in the days when more kids walked to and from school than actually rode buses. But we happened to live in a neighborhood outside of the zoning, I believe, for the school that we went to school in, which is why we were in the situation we were in, of my dad picking us up from school and bringing us home, we would be done with school. It must have been first grade because I was with my older brother and sister. And I don't know how the timing all worked out that this was the case, but we would be together. And my dad was would forget to come pick us up. So we would walk to an intersection. And when I say intersection, I'm not talking like traffic lights and tons of traffic. It was just like the neighborhood entrance. There was like a brick wall and there was then this main lane, the main street. And he was supposed to pick us up there. And we would sit there for hours waiting for him. Hours in the freezing cold. And people would see, and it was so embarrassing. It was mortifying to me at that young age. And I was so embarrassed like that this was my dad and he wasn't coming to pick me up. And my brother and my sister would get so mad, so, so angry. And what stuff like that does to us long term is, guys, I am prompt. I am always on time. Like, I can't stand being late. But almost to a point that it became an obsession, like a deep-rooted obsession of mine that I would always be on time. My kids would never wait for me. This pattern with him went on my whole life. I mean, I can tell you like as a young adult sitting and waiting for hours for him, like putting my life on hold, just waiting for my dad to show up. And he had this hold on you and it was a controlling thing where you just, you waited, you froze, you didn't do anything. And this is, you know, also like this is before cell phones and before texting and before like you had ways of communicating with each other on, hey, are you showing up or not? (laughs) Like what's going on? And you just had to sit around and wait. And for me, I remember sitting and waiting after basketball practice with my cello. I remember standing outside the school, being locked out in the cold, waiting for my father to come and get me. There were times that I would get home and they would say they thought that I was there. So nobody even worried about the fact that I wasn't there. So this story is one that I remember several years ago, I was sitting and I was having coffee with a friend and we were talking about where some of our funny little habits come from. And mine was that I can't stand being late and I can't stand it when people are late and I can't. And she was like, Oh, I wonder where this comes from. And I was like, Oh, I totally know where this comes from. And I started telling her the story that I'm telling you guys right now. And she kept making all these excuses for my father. It was so interesting. She just wanted to, well, maybe something was going on with him and maybe he Like maybe, did he have a flat tire? Like, I'm like, no, man, (laughs) this is just how it was. And it was so interesting because by her dismissing me, just trying to be like, 
look, my dad used to forget me. I, I used to be forgotten a lot. We like, we would sit in the cold. We would sit in dark schools with the janitor, like, you know, doing the janitor things that the janitor does in the school and the school is closed. And in her trying to almost protect my father in that moment stripped me of the healing that I needed to have, that I needed to reconcile and that I needed to be able to open up and share something without it being taken away from me or someone telling me that that wasn't true. I've also had that message sent to me before where I've been like, well, this is how I remember it. This is this, this is what I remember this being like. And someone being like, well, is that true? And it's like, well, yeah, that's true. It's my truth. And this is the other thing that we all must remember is that within these stories, we all are coming at our life from our perspective and our experience. And growing up in my family, there's seven of us, and we all have very different relationships with my father, and we all have very different relationships with my mother. Therefore, our experiences and the things that we remember, the things that impacted us, the things that have created uh, disturbances in us, the things that we now need to heal from are all going to be different. They're all going to be different. And no one can take that away from you. So going back to the quote that I read that I shared with you, where they say, upon hearing your story, you either contract or expand. So when you contract, when someone's sharing this gut-wrenching truth with you, contraction looks like you trying to sugarcoat it, you trying to put a wrapper on it, you trying to create an excuse for it, or interjecting to a point where you start telling your own version of a story that then completely swallows and takes away that moment from the person who is trying to communicate with you. So I'm going to challenge you a little bit this year um, and ask and ask, just ask yourself when you're with people, like, are they contracting or are they expanding? Are you contracting or are you expanding? Because here's the other thing. I remember walking away from that conversation and I was like, dude, what just happened? Like, how come I feel like I'm the bad person right now talking about my father that way? Like, I'm not saying he was a bad person. I don't know what he was going through. There was probably shit going on. I actually know the shit that was going on. And again, that's for a whole other conversation. But really, it doesn't matter. When you have an experience, that is your experience. Now, have I forgiven him? Yeah, I forgive him. I moved on from it. But it was just really one of those moments where it was so eye-opening to me that this person that I thought was an expansive friend was actually a contracting friend. And the story that I needed to be able to tell in that moment potentially to heal myself from something was taken away from me to the point where I then held on to it and I got angry. I remember for several days after that, I spent some time writing in my journal about it and actually getting really pissed off of why does everybody always come to the defense of other people, right? Because then this then became a new layer of my trauma of why are people always defending other people and why can't I just have my story? Like, why is my version of the truth not accurate? So evaluate, 
people in your life. And it doesn't mean that you have to wipe them out. It doesn't mean you have to like move on and do something crazy, but just look at that quality and who are you going to really share your heart and your soul with? Because guys, we need to be doing it. We need to be getting out there. We need to be saying the things that we need to talk about, not from a, oh, life is all beautiful or life is all terrible. I think that there's that fine balance. There's a really fine balance of real conversations for peaceful, joyful, expansive outcomes. So find more of those. Go find more conversations, go find more environments, go find more activities that are going to expand you versus contract you. And maybe let this tiny little share, like this little story of Marsha and her mittens being left on the side of the road in the snow, Marsha with her cello sitting in the dark junior high school, Marsha's parents basically saying, oh, we thought you were here. <laughs> be a reminder to you that it all matters and we then get to take it and turn it into a powerful exposed beautiful experience that allows our hearts to be totally set free so here's to freedom in 2020 let's keep talking Well, hey guys, thanks so much for joining us and listening and tuning in wherever you are listening to your podcast. Keep on listening, sharing, enjoying, and hey, follow us on social media. Instagram is msh underscore shift. You can also follow me, Marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A underscore Hines, H-O-F-F. H-E-I-N-S. You can also find us on the book and join our makeshift tapping group. It's a public open group. We share goodies and information. Um, visit my website, marshallhoffines.com. Sign up for the newsletter and we'll just keep you full of all the goodies. All of them. All the time. Talk to you soon.